Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the, the uh, I guess you call it the pilot episode, the real pilot episode of HWA Radio. Joining me for the first time in the podcast world is none other than good old CR. Well, thanks a lot there, Keys. It's old Chuck Cross. Happy to be here. Looking forward to a good old time here on HWA Radio. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he's joining us via the internet. And uh, so his his voice is going to be a little bit, bit grainier than ours. But like I say, we're this is a brand new thing for us. And we're going to work out all the bugs. And eventually it'll become an epic thing that you will not want to miss week after week. So with that, uh, oh, by the way, are you still on the uh, in quarantine on the ranch there? Well, right now I'm actually out of the house on the lake. And I've, uh, I don't have any Tito's for the Moscow Mules. And so now I'm drinking. You might hear me with the, with the ice cubes. It's a little Captain Morgan that I'm drinking here. Going to... Uh, Try to stay sober for most of the broadcast, but I can't make any guarantees. Well, considering it just sounded like you said ass cubes, I think the uh, Gimp might be interested in that. Oh, dear Jesus, keep that son of a bitch away from me. <laughs> Him and that goddamn rubber duck, those sick bastards. Oh, don't forget the pad. You don't want any of that in your in your drink. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I've had a Bloody Mary, but that's even more disgusting. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, we're going to uh, try to find the format of the show here, but as, as we're, I think we're gonna always going to start with the recap of the previous week. And that would be show 31, which if you're going to recap a week, this is, this is definitely a good week to recap, at least for uh, the viewers and not, maybe not so much for Chaz Signer. Well, I'll tell you, Chaz Signer Enterprises, they took it on the chin this week. They just did not have much success in any of their matches. And like I said uh, on, my, on my quotes there, the comments on the Facebook page, I don't think I don't want to be in that locker room because he was not a happy man. And you know how Chaz is. He's used to getting his own way, and by God, when he doesn't, there's hell to pay. Yeah, a little bit of fuming going on there. Uh, but let's start out. It was the the first match was, in fact, with one of his wrestlers, but it was a false count anywhere between Pennywise and uh, Misato Mayhem. And these two wrestlers, I got to say, I, I I look at them, and I think there is a nice rivalry and bitterness and hate hatefulness uh, developing between them. These two are becoming very much rivals. Well, let's not forget that Pennywise took the Women's Championship away from Misato Mayhem. This was a rematch of their title match. And uh, Penny, she got the better of her again. That's true. And uh, Penny Weiss, I mean, it's, it's got to be Masato Mayhem's, uh, what do they call it, the Everest, I think you might call it that. But uh, starting the match, uh, Misato came out of the blistering pace, and she whipped Penny out of the ring early, uh, tried to get a one pin, or tried to get a, her first pin was only a one count. And uh, after that, Masato missed a stomp, and that's when Penny really took over here. She gave Masato a scissor throw on the floor. Now, a regular scissor throw on the mat, landing on your head, that's tough. Landing on the concrete, whole different story. Well, certainly it does, but, you know, Masato hit her moves. Let's, let's just put it that way. I mean, the slow boat to China, she got a, a, a Shanghai stomp or two in, but it just wasn't enough to keep the clown down, so to speak. Yeah, whenever she came back, she did make a comeback, and she, she went for the Shanghai stomp, and she missed it the first time. And you saw the, the pain that was the tingling up through her legs right through there. That, that, that was terrible. That was rough. Well, you know, she, she did hit that Shanghai stomp, and it looked like a three count. But it, the referee waved it off. I thought that the hand came down for the three, but he said no. Yeah, we uh, we did have that. Um, before that, we had Penny. Let's, let's get a couple of recap notes here. Uh, Penny hit the sewer smash, got a two count out of that. She followed that up with the red balloon, got a 2.5 count. They were just kicking out left and right here, Chuck. Yes, it was. It was a very exciting match. Like you said, I think the rivalry between and, – and, and Pennywise is one of the women in this division that actually can uh, – up to size, so to speak. She's almost – 
can look Masato in the eyes. I don't know whether she's that tall or it's those damn high red heels and shiny red panties. I don't know. I know you like them. Well, I don't focus on the heels when the panties are in view. So I think that goes without saying. Uh, she played, let's see, it was Masato. No, Penny played, played possum for a little bit. Masato uh, was able to hit the slow boat to China. And that was another 2.5 count. I call it that. Uh, Penny started playing dirty. She was in the corner stomping her and uh, just building up that rivalry. Uh, Masato regained momentum. And then we then we hit this, the, the Shanghai stomp. And like you say, a controversial three count. I heard one. I heard two. I didn't see three, but I think I heard it. And I don't know if there's some joker in the crowd banging on something. or or the, But I, I think that's something you definitely got to look at as a possible win for Masato. Yeah, it very well could be. And, you know, like I said, Mastardo's a big girl. And I, I just, uh, she normally dominates the competition. But for some reason, Pennywise, it's just a bad matchup for her. And she just can't seem to get over that hump. And it, it, it could cost her in the future if she ever has any uh, any aspirations to be a women's champion again. Yeah, with the exception of BT Goth, who for some reason with that little tiny frame can beat up, or not beat up Masato. But she, she goes nonstop and is able to get a win there. Uh, we followed the Shanghai stomp, but you saw Masato follow with a flying top rope crossbody. <laughs> that was awesome. Still couldn't get a three count, though. And then there was a lot of back and forth. Masato got another 2.5 count. This is uh, count after count. And then Penny comes in. Uh, she puts Masato over the top rope and pulls a hot shot on her. Now, Masato, when she fell back, it looked to me like she hit the, the, hard, the floor hard there. I, I don't know. What was it? What, did you see that? I did. I did. She did hit it hard. And I don't know if she, if she may have hit the back of her head. Uh, you know, in that first match uh, that the, the they had where, where Pennywise won the women's championship, uh, if you listen to my commentary, I believe that Masato may have been concussed in that match as well. Uh, she looked out of sorts. And, and again, after this, after she hit that floor hard, uh, it wasn't wasn't soon after that, that Penny got the three count, though, whether she was injured or, or just lost her bearings. It, it certainly played a factor. Yeah, Penny doesn't doesn't show any mercy. Obviously, uh, she gave her the red balloon on the floor after that. Then Masato kicked after two, but I think she was just out of gas. Uh, Penny kept up the assault, dropped the knee across Masato's nose, <laughs> just busted that nose as if the head wasn't in, in bad enough shape. She drops the knee across the nose, and then the, it's the three count. That match was over. So, yeah, uh, what do you think uh, Masato's chances are in the future? Do you think she can overcome, or is that a kind of a curse developing over her? Well, to be honest with you, I think I think Masato's relationship with Saul has kind of been a uh, a blessing and a curse. Uh, it certainly calmed her down a little bit, but I, I think it's taken away from her aggressiveness in the ring, and, and I just don't think she has that killer instinct. And, and I'll tell you one thing, she, she, I mean, let's put it this way, she's a very big girl and she dominates a lot of people. Let's not forget the other woman in Chaz Singer Enterprises, which is Morning Gloria, who is uh, I think a, a two or three time women's champion, and she certainly has what it takes. So he's got two women in that stable that are capable of taking that title, but Masato needs to get that killer instinct back. And, and, and if there's anyone who can help her find that, it's Chaz Singer because he, he demands perfection from his wrestlers. Maybe we'll have a code red coming up. Maybe that's what uh, Chaz needs to do is, is bring in uh, maybe some a hired gun, uh, somebody from who's not in the HWA who has maybe potential, and uh, just go don't go at her at, uh, with a handicap match. That could that, that could straighten her out. Or if, if Saul dumps her, she'd probably be so damn mad that he, I wouldn't want any anybody wouldn't want to get in her way. And he's drinking. Well, that's, that's, always, that's always a possibility. Sorry, I was taking a little sip of the uh, the good stuff there. But, you know, I don't know what it is. It just the, the two times she's faced Pennywise, she's not looked like herself. I mean, I guess any other wrestler, she's out there dominating the match. But, uh, but, but Penny seems to have her number. But that could change in the future. 
right. Well, so we'll look forward to that. After that match, we had the triple threat match between Crow Magnon and Aloko. Now, these two just were in the Horseman World Championship match, but we also threw in Bandit there. And uh, Crow made his presence known with authority right off the bat. Dodges El Loco's clothesline, slams Bandit in the corner. And then <laughs> this was a very interesting gesture here. El Loco mocking Crow with the belt motion. Of course, Crow hits him with a leg drop right after that. That's not too smart for El Loco. I, I can't imagine that uh, he's too brainy when it comes to that. Well, speaking of brains, I don't think uh, Crow's elevator goes over the top either. But uh, it, it, this 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 match kind of befuddled me because you know you're the champion. You don't want to be in a triple threat match against two other competitors where you could risk injury because you want to do everything you can to hold on to that. Because as far as I know, this was a non-title match. Uh, this, this in fact was a non-title match, uh, but the, the week before he wrestled for, uh, he wrestled El Loco and beat him to maintain that or to retain the, uh, Horseman World Championship. And he will be defending that at, uh, Wrestleocalypse coming up. So, but he's got a few weeks. I think uh, he might want to, he might want to back off and, and kind of let, let, uh, somebody else take the, take the fall every once in a while. But this guy, like you say, his, his elevator doesn't go to the top floor and he just, uh, he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know the word stop. He doesn't know the color red. He, he doesn't know the meaning of uh, the. So, but uh, anyway, we saw. Uh, he, he doesn't know the meaning of a lot of words. I could tell you that much. Yeah, I think he knows. <laughs> He's th- not the brightest bulb. I think he knows Ungabunga. That might be. I, I definitely know he's, he knows Ungabunga. But uh, after that, we had three way madness. It was just moves flying everywhere. Crow went for the Stone Ager on Bandit, but El Loco drop kicks Bandit right out of his arms. You talk about having a bad day. Uh, yeah. That, that, that was that was a, a very unique uh, move. Uh, when I saw it at first, I was like, "What in the hell is going on here?" But again, these triple threat matches, anything can happen. And if you're the if you're the heavyweight champion of the world, you don't want to put yourself in these situations where you could possibly be injured and not be able to defend your title. But give the uh, give the cape man his due. He he was in there and and uh, and, and he he battled it out. Yeah, they, they, he definitely gives it all. All is every match, no matter what. The, no matter what's on the line. Uh, after that, we had uh, well, Crow was on the floor. El Loco came over with and gave the Bueno bomb to Bandit. That's a good start for him. And then Crow comes in and breaks up the pin by El Loco. That after a moment, El Loco gets a two count with a small package. Now this this definitely threw uh, uh, Crow would have kicked out of that in less than a second. But the, that sneaky move, the sneakiness of El Loco, uh, that that has to come from Aaron Varhola. Well, you know. It, it, El Loco tends to be a you know, high flyer, and he's a little guy in there, but you know he, he is a good technical wrestler. Uh, the, the, the Mexican luchadors don't get credit for being technical wrestlers. They're more of the high flyers bouncing off of ropes and throwing themselves like suicide jockeys out there. But, but you know, when you hit something like that, and, and it's unexpected, you know, I'm sure that it, it threw him by surprise. You know, this, this little guy grabbed me and rolls me up into a pin, pin and predicament, and, and, and there was probably a little bit of shock, but... Uh, but yeah, he he didn't he doesn't usually do that. We don't see a lot of that from him, and I think it did shock him. And with his level of expertise, of course, you got he's been around a long time. He knows the the opportunities that you got to take. Uh, let's say we had uh, Crow and Bandit. They were wasting a lot of time posturing. That's just ridiculous. That's that's how you lose a match easily. But uh, when Aloko comes back in the ring, Crow gives him a Stone Ager, follows that up with a Dino Drop. Then now had it been just him, I think that would have been over right there. But a pin attempt by Crow, Bandit breaks it up. Then Crow follows up with a big suplex, and El Loco once again. Sh- now this this was great because he did a, a shimmy taunt, and then he I think he threw Crow off. He hits him with the Muy Caliente. Yeah, you know, it, it, you wonder if it's, is, is he is he playing psychological games with with Crow Magnus? Is he just doing it just for that plain arrogance? Which we all know those West Coast, West Coast Alliance uh, wrestlers they take after their manager with the arrogance and, and with their flagrant 
disrespect for the for the rules. Yeah, but I, I think that was very smart of Aloka taking advantage of Crow's limited mental capacities and trying to throw. It, it was like if he held, if he, he took a pair of, or a set of keys out of his pocket and shook it in front of Crow. It's like, ooh, shiny. Mm. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, let's see, uh, the movie, uh, Crow broke out. Then we had Bandit and Aloka were double teaming on Crow. That's <laughs> that, that, that's good teamwork on their part. Uh, Crow rolls out of the ring. Aloka and Bandit tangle for a while. And then uh, after coming back in the ring, Crow clotheslines the referee from behind. Looking at, the, I, I reviewed this, and I don't know if Crow. I, I still can't figure out if Crow was trying to take the referee out so he could he could plan some dirtier moves, or if he was just so adrenalized that he came just tearing through. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you, in that situation, maybe Crow had had enough and was trying to get himself disqualified. He didn't want to take any more beating. You know, like I said, a, a triple threat match doesn't favor a guy that's the champion and maybe he just had had enough and figured oh if i knock this guy on his ass maybe i'll i can get a dq and go home that's giving him a lot of mental credit there <laughs> much more than i think he's capable of but that, that's definitely a possibility now uh, crow was confused after that a loco clotheslines i'm over the top rope bueno bombs him on the floor so he's uh crow's definitely taking a pounding at this point he's, he's hoping it'll end soon uh bandit shows off a new move the second rope brain buster kind of pins what's uh, uh, uh el loco up on that second rope with his legs and uh, as he was great setting him up for it you can see a logo flailing around like what the fuck is going on i have no idea uh after that a crow attempted a scavenger pin <laughs> bandit broke that up really quickly stomped right on him and bandit was kind of pissed off so he gives crow and he's bounding down that opens uh, that opens crow up uh don't know I, I think his head's strong enough that it can handle more but uh, it, it was a quick pin after that for the three count so wrapping up i i th that i say that bandit was uh show back to the band of the vault it's been a while since we've seen him win well, I'll tell you what, I think he's uh, letting the championship committee, you know, he gets a pin on the champion. So that puts him right in the championship hunt. And I think that's exactly what uh, the old Hollywood Joe has in mind for the bandit. So uh, he certainly improved his chances of getting a title shot with that with that win. And he threw in a date with Sally Field from from what I hear. But regardless, <laughs> I don't think that's a, that's a prize. Well, <laughs> might, know, might I might want to avoid that. I don't, know, I, I don't know if she's looking for a man, but, you know, who knows? Eh, she's still kind of hot. But. After that, we had the television title match between Boofy the Clown and Fuzz Pigman. These two competitors who come in uh, right at the same time, uh, just after all the original guys, and uh, it was it was a match to behold. Uh, Fuzz uh, acts fast as usual. He comes in, uh, just big punches to Boofy's temple, trying to knock him out. He had a, a top rope hot shot. He picked him up by the ears and threw him. The longer I go, I th I, the longer he's in the HWA, I think Fuzz is just getting more and more sadistic. Well, if you'll just indulge me for a minute when I say Boofy, Boofy, Absolutely. But yes, I, you know, Fuzz, I, I think, uh, you know, the frustration level is starting to build again. I mean, he, he lost his title. There was interference in that match, or, or in this match, actually. And, and and I think that he's just, you know, ever since that injury, he, he just hasn't been himself. I, I think he's trying to protect that eye. I don't think it's, it's completely healed. And, and let's just face it, you know, when you're out of action for a while and and, and I think there was a point where Chad Sainer actually had a little confidence in him. And, and I think he's just, he's doing everything he can to, to be the fuzz of old and, and to get back that trust from Chad Sainer to say, hey, you know, I can go out there, I can do this, I can, I can represent CSE. And, and, and I think he's, he's really, that's what he's trying to do here. That wasn't, a, yeah, it wasn't helpful whenever he had interference. We'll get to that here. Uh, we said Bufu showing signs of life. It was a back and forth, and Bufu brings a table in, which never got used. That's kind of sad. Uh, Bufu uh, gets a few more moves off, and then he hits him with the pie in the face. That's a two two point five count right there. He kicks out. Bufu comes uh, performs a choke slam. The squirting rose. Another two point five count. Bufu uh, Bufu's confidence. All right, I, let me let me ask you this. Um, 
Fuzz Pigman, whenever he's against Bufu, I, you know there's a, a long brewing rivalry there. Do you think he acts, tries harder and faster to, to beat Bufu just because Bufu's never beat him before? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, Fuzz is, is you know, he, he was the master, as you called it uh, when he first came in, the master of the microwave match. They were over pretty quick. I mean, he was in there, uh, made a few punches, a throw guy into the ropes, then he hits that evidence plant, the battering ram, that match was over. I, he, he hasn't been able to do that as of late. And, and I think the longer the matches go, I don't know if he goes so hard at the beginning of the end. You know, he needs to pace himself so he doesn't wear down. Uh, but, you know, uh, as you said, Bufu, I think he, he hadn't had much success against Fuzz. And I think Fuzz was uh, trying to assert himself and, and, and maybe get that psychological edge. But, uh, you know, it happened. And then it, we're getting to the point where there was that uh, the interference. And, and I think that really took the uh, wind out of Fuzz's sails. Yeah, Bufu uh, stomped him. He got him a got two count, and he attempts the camel clutch. Fuzz, Fuzz broke out of that again. Uh, Fuzz, now alert. He's kind of perked up after that. Uh, performed a bevy of moves, hit the battering ram. That's always a winner. But before he can pin, that's uh, that's right. This battering ram, that could have won the match. But before he can pin, Bones coming in. He's got to be at the bequest of the West Coast Alliance and uh, Aaron Varhola there. Well, you know, there's, there's, what we're seeing is the rivalry between the, the two managers spill over into the matches between their wrestlers. Uh, it's not a matter of Aaron in, interfering anymore. He's sending his men out there, and there's been some uh, – on the flip side, uh, we saw a match not too long ago where I think uh, one of the, the West Coast women were wrestling, and Masato Mayhem came out and decimated one of them. So uh, th- there's definitely some uh, one-upsmanship and some gamesmanship being played here. Uh, we'll see who's going to come out on top at the pay-per-view, I suppose. Yeah, leading up to WrestleOcalypse, I wouldn't have it any other way myself. Uh, let's, let's see. After that, uh, Fuzz, can't, Fuzz could not quite get back on track after that. He seemed hesitant to do anything. And then a desperation move. The, the match has gone on a little while. Fuzz goes outside under the mat, grabs a kendo stick. Before he can use it, Buffs, uh, Bufu steals it from him, gives him two big strikes, followed by another pie in the face. At this point, uh, Fuzz has, has got to be uh, understand an imminent ending, uh, and it's not in his favor. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and after that, after the uh, the craniotomy there by, by Bones, I, again, Fuzz was not the same. He, he was trying to. I think he, he it hurt him. It stunned him. And I think you know, when, whenever you're stunned, you, you you try desperation to do things. And I think he made some mistakes reaching for the kendo stick. You don't see Fuzz do a whole lot of that. He he relies on his own uh, his own strength and his own uh, just mean streaks to get over on people. And you know, once Bufu got that stick away from him and gave him a couple good whacks, I, that didn't help his cause at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, Fuzz did perk up a little bit. He t- attempts to punch Bufu. Bufu blocks the punch and bitch slaps Fuzz. That, that's that's insult to injury, or maybe injury to injury. I'm not sure. It depends on how, how quick or how fast he slapped him. Uh, but Bufu hits the sidewalk slam, another pie in the face, and that's it for the three count right there. And the funny thing, <laughs> at the end of this, I think Bufu was actually surprised <laughs> that he beat him because he sort of, sort of stood around there and wasn't sure it was like, oh, the belt? The belt is mine? Do I get this? And Bufu, <laughs> Bufu needs help. He needs his medicine, definitely. Up his, up his prescription. Hey, we, say what you want about the man, but he walked out carrying that title. So uh, obviously something worked in his favor. Now, you can say he won because of the interference. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. When the match is over, when the three counts uh, you know, decided, you walk out with the title, you're the champion, and, and, and you get all the glory and, and the respect. He's not going to have much time to celebrate, though, because uh, his, his television title uh, defense at, at WrestleOcalypse is going to be against Sabu. And I don't think he's going to have such an easy time there. Sabu, is, after being at the, the Chaz Signer uh, Enterprises Wellness Center or the uh, Conditioning Center, whatever they, wanted, whatever they called that, uh, he's pumped up. He, he, he is a large, large man. Well, he certainly is, but that, that large frame really hasn't uh, uh, equated to success. 
uh, he's been mediocre at best since he came back. And, and, and you know, I, Epic Madness, I had a, an occasion to, to sit and have a pint with Chaz Sagner at one of the pubs in kind of a reflective moment. We were discussing that, and he, he, he's, he's really wondering what he has to do to, to light a fire under this man and to get this man back on track. And Sabu, one of the charter members of the HWA, uh, in, in the early inceptions of, of when the HWA came back, he was the world champion for a while, and he, he just has not been able to, to regain that, that former glory, and something needs to be done. I mean, as big as this man is, he should be dominating people, and for whatever reason, whether it's just mental lapses or whatever, he has not had the success that a man of his size and a man of his stature and experience should have. He's definitely got the goods, but he needs the mental game. He needs to throw himself into these matches. Maybe he needs to do what uh, Fuzz Pigman does and just go out there for 110% or at, uh, crank it up to 11, whatever you want to call it. Just get out there and, and do the job. Speaking of Sabu, after the uh, after the television title, we had the Hell in the Cell match, and it was Bob Zombie versus Sabu. Bob Zombie is a big dude, too, and these two were well-matched. Started off with Sabu getting a uh, combo, uh, a bunch of moves off early, uh, until Bob throws him over the ropes. Uh, Bob Bob does this arm lube gesture. I don't know. It's like some sort of brutal prostate exam he was warming him up for. <laughs> just another case of uh, the, uh, Keys and the Ass Clown Coven just hiring any of the, any of the most ludicrously mentally uh, unstable people in, in wrestling today. Well, I'll tell you what, Sabu, I think it's like a lot of people in the world that they just don't know what to make of this Bob Zombie character. I mean, this, this is one scary-looking son of a bitch, and, and this is one double-tough individual. I mean, he gets in there, and not only can he dish out punishment, but he takes a lot of punishment himself, and it doesn't seem to phase this man. I, is he superhuman? I don't know. But uh, obviously Sabu didn't know what to make of this man, and he struggled with him. Absolutely. Even Sabu, whenever he starts coming around, he whips Bob heads, uh, Bob's head to the steps and hits the cage. Uh, they get back in the ring, and Sabu continues the assault, assault then a pin attempt. It was only a one count. And they did, 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 did some more back and forth. You had uh, Bob performing what uh, a move that I'd never seen before, this brutal crucifix powerbomb. Uh, that, that, that's got to take some strength. I mean, you, you've, been to, you've seen wrestlers all over the world, and uh, how, what, what's it take to, to pull off a move like that? Well, I mean, it takes a lot of strength on an average man, let alone someone the size of, uh, of Sabu. I mean, he's got to be close to... I mean, he may be over 300 pounds now. I, I, I haven't seen him weigh in lately, but uh, like I said, is this man superhuman? What is it? But it, he took that beating. He got his head beat off of the, the cage, off of the steps, comes back in, and then all of a sudden, he's got the upper hand. So, so yes, he's obviously a very strong individual. And, and like I said, I just think he, he's unpredictable. And when someone is unpredictable, much like Cro-Magnon, you have a tough time putting together a game plan. You have a tough time figuring them out. They don't have any tendencies. They don't have any tells. They just are in there like a whirling dervish, and it's a catch-as-catch-can match, and you, you do what you can. Try to get out and, of the way of the Sabu, Like I said, he just, he, yeah, he just, he just did not uh, have an answer for this man. Well, uh, he was able to, he hung on, hung on for a while. Uh, he whips Zombie to the one corner, and then as he's whipping it to the other corner, he knocks the ref down. This is the second time tonight this this ref has gotten in the way. <laughs> I don't know if he's he's not trying to interfere in matches or anything like that, but what what, what do you think his story is? He's just, uh, one at one time, if it happens occasionally, if it happens in one night, uh, then it doesn't happen again for several nights. That's fine. But we're talking twice in the same match. This, this referee, uh, this, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Leonard Burke. Leonard Burke. Leonard Burke. Oh here. my God! Yeah, I, I, I think Len, I think Leonard Burke is trying to get an HWA uh, disability pension. Is what he's working on here. <laughs> I think he just thrown himself into the action, hope that he gets hurt, and say, "Hey, I can't do this anymore. Just give me my money, let me retire." He, 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 he he's the Phil Luckett 
of the HWA officials, if you will. He's definitely a get-rich-quick guy for a schemer. Uh, maybe I have to talk to Saul about that. See if that's maybe, maybe he's trying to be the fold-on king of the HWA and get Saul to represent him in a wrongful injury or something, you know? <laughs> there you go. That's exactly it. Uh, we had Sabu putting zombie, uh, zombie in the camel clutch. Bob broke free of that, and he cranks it up now, of course. Uh, zombie got numerous moves. He bites Sabu. <laughs> to try to take him off his game, and then he hits him with the brain scan- brain scrambler. Got a two count out of that, and uh, Bob performed a what top of the rope tomahawk. He pinned Sabu, got another two count. Sabu hanging tough. Uh, if if he can just swing the momentum in his own favor instead of acting on the defense all the time, I think he, he that's what he needs to be to uh, start to go to the next level. Well, I think he needs to, to take a page out of the Fuzz Pigment playbook and just uh, once that bell rings, just go. All out for the first five minutes of the match. You're a big man. Just try to beat the crap out of that next guy and put him down. And you know, it's not like Sabu didn't have his chances. I mean, he he got a couple Empire drivers in, but he just couldn't keep Zombie down to get the three count. That's right. After because after that, uh, we had the Sabu performing the Empire driver not once but twice. He only got a two count the first time. He does uh, some elbow drops. He does a spine chop. He got another two count of that out of that. Uh, Sabu. Now the, the problem with this was the second Empire driver, as I recall. Uh, he did that, but he didn't go for a pin. That's that is a, a rookie mistake. You wouldn't expect that from any of Chaz Segna's wrestlers. Well, he, he he may have been trying to set him up for his other finishing move, Liberty Ball. Maybe he figured I already got an Empire driver on this guy. Couldn't keep nine. Let's go for the big finish. Who knows what he was thinking, but whatever it was, it didn't work. Yeah, we did not see the Liberty Bomb there. That that definitely did not work in his favor. Uh, Bomb get Bob did gain momentum, uh, got an over the top uh, rope suplex, and then another brain scrambler. You can't get kicked in the head more than once uh, and expect to, to not get a three count, which is exactly what happened. Uh, so Bob definitely showing uh, showing signs of of greatness early here in his HWA career. Well, he certainly has had a, a lot of success early on. Uh, like I said, I mean. Whenever you have somebody new, again, you don't have a scouting report on the man. And especially when it's someone who's unpredictable, it's double, doubly tough, if that's even an expression, uh, twice as tough, if you will, to, to figure out you know, what this guy is. The more that he wrestles, you can kind of see what his game plan is, kind of see what his methodology is, and maybe you can find a weakness. But as of right now, he doesn't show any. Nope. He did. It's something he needs to tune in on and... Thanks for well, speaking of tuning in. Nice segue. Thanks for tuning in to our, our show. You can always listen to us on anchor.fm slash HWA rules. And uh, while we're doing this, we're going to go ahead and cut away. We have a special guest uh, do, a, do a drop for us. We're going to play that right now. Uh, so we'll be right back. We're going to talk about the manager's championship match. And then we're also going to recap the coming week. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Vinny Paisano, former HWA tag team champion. And you's listening to the HWA Radio. Capiche? Uh, thanks there, Vinny. <laughs> one, of the, one of the great wrestlers there. Back, I think he, he always came to the, the ringside wearing shark skin. <laughs> he, he, never got a, he never got the word that that was totally uh, not fashionable anymore. But uh, regardless, thanks for dropping that for us. Now, let's get on to the big match of the night. And this was... Well, I'll tell you, I, I do miss the, uh, the High Rollers collection agency, uh, Ace and uh, Vinny, uh, I don't know what happened to them. I guess after the reboot, they went on to greener pastures, but uh, they were they were two double tough individuals. I'll tell you that much. They they got in there and they mixed it up, and uh, you know, I'm sure Chaz might like to have them back. Although he's had success with Maniacal Medics as his tag team champions for a while until they uh, dropped the belts. But uh, the, the, those those two, Vinny and Ace, they 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 held their own as well. 
I hear they're running an Italian restaurant in China, but I think that was just a rumor I heard. <laughs> anyway, if, if the Chinese oh, place is... Well, you know, <laughs> what's low main spaghetti? It's all Greek to me. You got all these Chinese places over here in America. They say, fuck this. We're going over there. We're going to bring some Italian to them. Uh, I think they're all lactose intolerant, so the cheese didn't sit well. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we had the manager's championship. And this was a... For some reason, they switched this from the middle match to the end match. And after watching it, I think I know why. Uh, Deuce probably put... Uh, Pedro X up to this, but it was easily the match of the night. Keys comes out with this barrage of moves, as he usually does. Uh, Deuce hangs tough. Uh, they moved outside the ring. Deuce performs a body slam. And then one thing that started the swing in his direction was he grabbed the chair from under the mat. And he Deuce nailed him in the head with the chair, and then he goes after the knees. Now, when you go after Keys, the Keys knees, as I call it, uh, you, that, that's smart wrestling right there. You, you got to know somebody's weaknesses. Well, you know, I was very surprised by this match because the, the Admiral isn't a, uh, a spring chicken, but I'll tell you what, he held his own. He was moving around out there, and for some reason, he was just a man on fire. He was, he was, uh, it was, it looked like divine inspiration that, that he had been touched by because he was certainly not moving around like an older man. He definitely was inspired, and it was uh, because uh, you talk about 40 years of experience behind him there. You, you don't have to be the toughest guy, the biggest guy, the quickest guy. If you know the, the fundamentals, if you know, 40 years of experience, it's muscle memory at that point for, for someone like that. So after that, we had uh, lost my place here. <laughs> uh, Deuce hit, hits Keys in the, with the chair, and then uh, Keys rams Deuce's head to the post and then to the stairs, trying to get the momentum back in his direction. After that, you had Deuce countering, uh, counters with throwing Keys into the stairs twice, slamming both knees, once again going after the knees. And I think Keys was off kilter at that point because Deuce uh, gave him, was able to pick him up. Picking up Keys is not easy uh, when, he's, when he's not expecting it. Uh, but regardless, he picked him up, gave him a piggyback drop, and then the, the move that we always like to see from him, the, the big dump. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been around Deuce when he took the big dump in the men's room. I don't want to be around that. So when it comes in the ring, it's even... Even even worse than that, let me tell you. Somebody get a mop, please. Uh, Deuce, uh, Deuce went for a talk second. About, talk, talk about a spastic colon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, need, need one of those guys that walks behind the elephants with the broom and the, the, the thing. Well, not the broom. <laughs> you don't pick oh, up elephants. Dear like God. That. After that, Deuce tried for a second big dump, but Keys was able to slip out of it. And this is when the, the first attraction came. He turned to the ramp. He thought somebody was coming down. But the booger dude from under the mat comes out, jumps Keys, and hits him with the flam flam. Well, I'll tell you what, if I was Keys, I don't want to be nowhere near that, near that booger dude. I mean, this man, especially with the coronavirus, you never know what the hell this man's spewing. <laughs> I would have jumped out of the goddamn ring and ran as far away as I could. I would have ran up that ramp and took a DQ. But he stayed in the ring, took the flim flam, and that was it. Flim flam, whatever you want to call that goddamn thing. That, that booger dude's just a disgusting individual. Flim he, he's not quite as bad. He doesn't disgust me as much as the rubber duck, but he's disgusting. <laughs> flim flam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, let's see. We had both Keys and Deuce lay on the mat for several seconds after that, but Deuce was able to pop up first. Uh, tried to put Keys in the Boston Crab, but Keys broke free. And uh, Admiral just uh, sticking to it, sticking with it, just charging. Uh after that, uh, we had Keys roll. Uh, oh, that, that, yeah, he was uh, off his game. So Keys rolls out and gets a baseball bat. Deuce, this is like a, a, a bad game. This is like a blind uh, veterans game of, or <laughs> old timers game of baseball. Uh, he, Keys swings the bat, or swings the bat, yeah, and uh, he misses. Uh, then yeah, yeah, Deuce stealing the bat from him. Then Deuce swings, he misses, and then Keys dodges, gets the gets the bat back, misses, swings the second time and misses him. And then here's what here's the big hit. The Deuce grabbed uh, the, the bat and clocked Keys right ahead direct shot right down the middle that had to really uh swing things in his favor for this match 
Well, the third time is certainly the charm. I, I've never seen so many people strike out since I watched a Pittsburgh Pirates game, but nobody could hit anybody. And then finally the deuce, he got that fat pitching over the middle and he clocked keys right between the eyes. It was definitely a home run. Uh, Admiral continued to hold his own, but he, I think he wasted an opportunity by getting cocky. And this is when Keys took advantage. He, he was able to pick up the bat. And this time he did nail Deuce. Uh, they both continued back and forth for a while. And then uh, Deuce gets the drop on Keys and gives him uh, the big dump, but this time on the floor. And that's when things started to... Well, I hope somebody had a mop and bucket to clean that big dump <laughs> off the floor. Jesus Christ. It was right in front of the Mexican <laughs> announce table. I think they're used to the smell. But, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Our first racial slur of the night. <laughs> no, that wasn't a racial slur. Anyway, Don't Keys... Don't also from Chi-Chi's after that, I'll tell you. <laughs> Watch those green onions. Uh, Keys held sure. tight and was able to get a uh, get a lot of one count from Deuce back in the ring. Uh, Deuce then uh, goes for a power bomb. Keys counters that, throws Deuce in the air, catches him. And hits him with the tombstone. Deuce starts bleeding. At this point, Chet, uh, the, uh, the the manager, the the the, the, the legend, uh, Deuce Albino, had to be a little bit concerned. Well, I think so. You know, no matter how many, uh, I'm stuttering here because I've been drinking <laughs> too much. But here's the thing: <clears throat> no matter how much experience you have, when you get busted open, when that blood starts flowing, it gets in your eyes. You start tasting it. The sweat mixes with the blood and gets in your eyes, and it stings. It throws you for a loop. I mean, it doesn't matter how tough you are. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. Once you start bleeding, I mean, everybody's going to have a little bit of a pause there. And, and it's what you do after that. Right. Uh, some men just fold up and, and they're done. Other men, it fires them up and then they just come back at you even harder. And I think that's what the Admiral did after that point. Well, speaking of blood, and I guess this was inevitable, uh, Keys attempted a pin on Deuce and only got a two count out of him for that after that. And then he comes in with a super combo. It was a corner clothesline, a hot shot, a big boot, a leg drop. Keys was just a hurricane of activity right there. But before he could get the, the pin attempt, which was probably certain to win, he's interrupted a second time and none other uh, than Max E-Pad coming down. Oh, dear Lord. And uh, Keys. Well, there was there was some blood in the ring, so you're going to need that maxi pad when you start bleeding. So <laughs> soak only it natural, up. he'd show up. Soak it up for him. Uh, Keys well, kind of welcomed him to say, you know, come on, bring it. What do you got? And uh, before Max uh, entered the ring, he reached under and grabbed a sledgehammer. And then uh, this this is sadistic. I thought uh, uh, Fuzz Pigman was getting sadistic, but uh, Pad <laughs> hits him with a standing nut shot. Then he's, while he's on the ground, he got two more lying down nut shots. And then after that was, well, I, I, I can only call it an industrial anal probe <laughs> this Dear Jesus. This, <laughs> was it an alien anal probe i don't know it was definitely domestic i think <laughs> uh despite all this he was able to kick out after a two count attempt by deuce and uh, just still hanging tough keys really wanted to hold that on keys needed to go to a pay-per-view and represent that belt but after a while, Keys he continued with more counterattacks on Deuce. Uh, but he did some showing off to, uh, for a little too long, and then Deuce hits the, the clothesline from hell, gets him another big dump, uh, nails him with a second rope suplex, uh, which was quite quite impressive. And uh, that was it. Keys had to succumb to that to, to just brutalization by Admiral and his crew and, and his fleet, if you want to call it that, and uh, ended up getting the three count on that. Well, I'll tell you, after all those nut shots, you know, think Maxie Pad was uh, working for Hollywood Joe Petito with it. You know how he likes to go over the balls. <laughs> and one other observation was, you know, the Admiral, he hit like, what, three or four big dumps? He must have ate a whole box of X-Wax before he hit that. 
Jesus Christ. Oh, the smell in the arena after that. Uh, Keys wasn't done, though. Right right after the match, after the replays, uh, Keys tries once again to get the drop on him with a clothesline. Deuce ducks and, and punches him, and then clothesline Keys over the rope. Uh, much of the crowd's delight. The crowd was absolutely loving it. It was deafening at that point. But uh, you think, well, Deuce coming up. Deuce is going to be the defending champion at WrestleOcalypse. What do you think your chances are with him? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, you win once, you can win again. Who knows? But let's put it this way. If Pedro Royce lays down the law and starts cutting out this uh, outside interference, you know, the, the, these championships aren't going to change through outside. You're going to have to win on your own merit. Now, whether Deuce Albrado can do that, I'm not sure. I think that uh, I heard Pedro X is going to be cracking down, and there's not going to you're not going to see a lot of interference at the pay per view for these championship matches. Uh, th- there will be suspensions, there will be titles lifted, and so hopefully we'll see some nice clean action, some good action at that pay per view. Which, uh, by the way, for those of you who haven't heard, if you lived under a rock, that is going to be July 4th at 9 p.m. So join us uh, at the on the, the channel, the HWARules.com, and. With that, yeah, Lord knows you won't be able to go see any fireworks anywhere, for Christ's sake. <laughs> no, <laughs> unless you ask them from uh, home uh, out in here in West Virginia, they tend to have a lot. <laughs> and uh, usually they're not just fireworks, they're <laughs> just guys throwing sticks of dynamite. They're just in the blowing air. their shotguns in the air, looking <laughs> for ducks in the, in the dark. I don't know what that. Jesus Christ, last time I was in West Virginia, I had to wear my Kevlar, for Christ's sake. I'm here <laughs> for my life. A lot of uh, Republicans out here. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to go too far with that anymore. Uh, but let's go ahead and have a look at what's coming up on show 32 here this Friday that you'll be seeing. Uh, starting off with the Extreme Rules match, it's going to be Muffy Trust Fund versus Lucy Fur. What's it look like to you? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Lucy Fur, another one of those uh, female wrestlers that are kind of on the taller side, but of course she wears six inch heels. That could help. <laughs> but let's not forget Muffy Trust Fund, another one of the charter members of the women's division. Former women's champion, uh, much like her sister, her twin sister, BT Goth, both of these these little girls can mix it up, and they have had unprecedented success for being the kind of like El Oco in the men's division. Just because just because you're small doesn't mean you can't hang with the big dogs. Doesn't mean you can't win. This is going to be a hell of a match. Extreme rules may not favor Muffy, but. I never count her out. She's one hell of a competitor. Lucy Fur, both in name and in technique, is definitely devious. And uh, if I was Muffy Trust Fund, I'd be looking for anything and everything. After that, we're going to have the submission match. I don't know how the spinner came up with this mess. <laughs> it's going to be Justin Mime versus Fuzz Pigman. I probably know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Let us know what you think, uh, how Fuzz is going to handle this one. Well, just let me tell you something here. First of all, the last match I saw Mime in was a submission match against Now, I, I didn't think Katungi knew a submission hold, but he surprised me. Same thing with Fuzz. He's not a submission wrestler. He just goes out and beats the shit out of people. Wow. So who knows what's going to happen in this match? I mean, Fuzz, he's, he's obviously going to try to impress Chaz Sagner. He's going to be out there. But I don't even know if he knows any submission moves. He might just beat on this man until he can't stand. I don't know. And, and and let's not forget Justin Mime. He had some success against Katungi, some sneaky moves. And for a while there, uh, that match was in doubt until Katungi took it to him. So, uh, but but just going on the reputation, going on on, on what I've been seeing, I, I think this match has to favor Fuzz Pig. I would definitely agree with that because Fuzz is not going to. He, he's not going to let the. Uh, let, let, well, let me say this: uh, Katungi probably doesn't look out for the sneakiness as much. He's a he's just a big guy. He's not incredibly intelligent, so he's looking for a, a straightforward attack. And when you get sneaky like that with Justin Mime, uh, th- anything can happen. Fuzz Pigman, I don't think is going to fall for his tricks, though. I, I think he's he's going to be the man uh, walking out of that match. After that, and let's gonna- no, let's let's not forget uh, before you get too far ahead of ourselves here, Justin Mime's debut. 
It was during Fuzz Pigman's first match back against El Loco from when he got back from the uh, Performance Center. Right. And Justin Mime hit Fuzz Pigman with a bat and interfered that match. So there could be a little bit of payback here. And, and if I'm Justin Mime, I got that in the back of my head that this big man might be coming for blood. I totally forgot about that. This is definitely a karma match that you might call it, uh, that Justin Mime got set up against Fuzz Pigman. So going to be a great one. After that, we got the Women's Championship. It's going to be Misty Furberger against Roadblock Rachel. However, we have gotten word that Roadblock Rachel, her collarbone is still healing, and she is going to go with, what do they call that whenever they allow a substitute uh, to wrestle for the championship? Aaron, Aaron, Clued me off to this. Let me see if I can find that real quick. But uh, yeah, the Freebird rule. Yeah, that's right. The free the Freebird rule he was talking about, and uh, that's what's going to happen. Katie Bang's going to be wrestling in uh, Rachel Roblo- Roblox Rachel's place. Uh, Roblox Rachel's been, been tougher. I think she's had more success recently than Katie Bang. But uh, Misty Furberger, she's a, she's a newcomer. This could go either way for me. I don't know. What, what do you think of that one? Well, first of all, I'm not really sure how Pedro X is letting this all go down because I mean the Freebird rule basically applied to tag teams. It's if you had, you know, a, a, a three-man tag team, any combination of the three could wrestle as the tag team and, and defend the belts, much like the Russians did in the old NWA with Nikita Koloff, Ivan Koloff, and Crusher Khrushchev. Any two of those were the champion, whatever. It, it doesn't happen very much in singles competition to allow another member, member of a sta- stable to fill in for some. I mean, injuries are part of the game. If Roadblock Rachel, you know, she, if she can't defend, then the title should be stripped. She should be in the rings, but the, again, whatever was set up, it, 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 I'm just a lowly announcer and commentator, so I'm, I'm not involved in the politics. There, uh, Mr. Furberger, she, you know, uh, new girl, uh, you know, anybody named Furberger, I'm all for. You know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've eaten a few in my day, to be quite honest with you, and uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of like it. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, Roadblock Rachel uh, uh, not being in this match, Katie Bang, a veteran, I think she's a former women's champion herself. Uh, so uh, does it go, do you go with experience or do you go with uh, the new girl? I don't know how this match is going. And is there going to be any outside interference? You know, mm. We've seen uh, in the last few title matches, we've seen outside interference. Uh, you know, will Chaz Segner send Masato Mayhem down there to, to, to try to get this title away from the West Coast Alliance? I don't know. I, but, I, think, uh, I, I would just say, for me, I would go with Katie Bang and the experience. Yeah, I, I think Katie Bang's going to have uh, all kinds of opportunities here because once again, Chaz Segner, you got uh, uh, Katie wrestling for the West Coast Alliance. But also, as we saw in the uh, the last match this past week, uh, the Deuce is, is no stranger to sending people in, uh, sort of as an, an insurance policy. And Muff- Misty Furberger is in fact one of his wrestlers. So yeah, this uh, th- there's going to be a lot of in- interesting implications after this. Uh, a lot of precedents might be set, but uh, we'll just have to see what happens. After well, that. you know, it's funny you should. It's funny you should mention Deuce Albano being Misty uh, Deuce Albano. Pardon me, being Misty, Misty Furberger's manager because uh, I hear that they're trying to open a, a franchise, a chain of hamburger joints called Misty's Furberger. <laughs> and uh, you know, the Deuce is all fun, and, and I, I, they're coming up with a dessert, much like you know they have that thing for kids where they're eating dirt. Well, this is going to be called the Big Dump. I think it's something with chocolate. If you ask me, I don't know what it is. I certainly like hope it's chocolate. <laughs> Oh, the old shit. animal just comes out and shits on your plate. They put a little whipped cream on it. Say, "Harry, go have at it." I saw that in a horror. You're about, to, you're, about, you're about to talk about this next match. I saw that in a horror <laughs> movie one time. It was a good movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah. as I look at this, as I look at this next match that you have on the line here, 
This is once is, again. Is this, was this picked by the spinner, or is this just you being a sick bastard putting a guy like taxi pad in a first? I, I swear it has nothing to do with me. This is completely the spinner's fault. The spinner is very wise. We do not we do not question the spinner. But yes, this this Maxie time. Pad's gonna be, Maxie Pad's going to be counted out immediately. He walks in the ring with blood on him for Christ's sake. There it is. He's done. As long as his face is clear, if he opens him up that way, then it's a it's a different story. But yeah, it's it's going to be hard to see that Maxi Pad might kind of cheat and kind of rub rub Bandit's face in that stain, and he comes up with blood on his face. Oh, you win! So he could go either yeah, way. Well, you know, with referee Leonard Burke, anything can happen. That goofy bastard, he never sees anything. Oh, he doesn't get anything right either. He can't even see the fist about to hit him in the face for God's sake. <laughs> Oh, Leonard! Uh, just at least he's not getting suspended. At least he's not uh, doing horrible calls and and getting busted by Pedro again. So it's good to have him back. Uh, like like I said, the first blood match: Bandit versus Maxi Pad. We don't even need to go into that. That's just that's purely. For, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. <laughs> oh, Jesus! It's for comedic value. One thing we do want to mention though is, of course, the World Championship. The winner of this match going on to Russell Lockalypse as the champion. It's going to be Crow Magnon, who has shown himself to be an exceptional athlete lately, but going up against Mister Crow. Now, here is a, a battle from two different worlds. you got this primitive uh, guy who just uh, all he knows is beating people up and hunting and, hunting and fishing and, and collecting and all that. And then you got Mr. Q, who is trained years and years of training uh, in this, this sport, wrestling. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this because <laughs> it could be uh, which, which uh, school of thought do you think is going to win? Well, again, this is, this is what I've been, been harping on here. you got the wild card, the, the unpredictable Cro-Magnon, and he's wrestling probably the most supreme technical wrestler in the HWA, a man for, with a tremendous, tremendous wrestling background. And Mr. Q, a tremendous technical wrestler, uh, a man who I don't think has, has ever held the world championship. So I'm sure there's you know, that, that, that desire. And let's not forget who he wrestles for. He wrestles for that crooked Aaron Varhula in the West Coast Alliance. And yeah. I'm sure this isn't going to be a straight up one-on-one -on -one match. I expect to see somebody make an appearance here. And, you know, I don't know that hitting Crow Magnet in the head is going to do anything to him, but you know, you never know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think that it, the, the unpredictability and the savage style of Cro-Magnon, it, it, it may favor him. I, 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 let me say this. If there's no interference, if this is straight up one-on-one, -on -one, I'm taking Cro-Magnon to go in as the champion. If there's outside interference, you're going to probably see a new champion, as we've seen in the, in the past couple weeks. Uh, Keys might have to pick up the, the business and, and take care and make sure there isn't any interference back there. Maybe he might be standing guard at the gate with a, with a shotgun or something like that. One of them West Virginia and uh, Winchester shotguns that we have out here in yeah, West well, Virginia. Yeah, well, it couldn't hurt. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, just guard to guard. Just, but then, of course, there could be somebody under the mat. Anything is possible here in the HWA, and uh, we're going to find out what goes on. We're going to find out who our champions going into the, uh, the WrestleOcalypse are going to be for the Women's Championship and for the World Championship. And I think that's about going to do it for us here on our pilot episode of uh, the uh, HWA radio. And uh, th thanks for joining us. Thank you, Chuck Ross, for being a part of this. And I uh, hope to keep you on, on board with us. And any uh, closing words? Well, I'll tell you, this has been a hell of a good time. And uh, I always talk, uh, love talking wrestling with you. And uh, when this is all finished, I'm going to have myself another drink here at the Lake House. Go me, uh, eat me a fur burger and uh, look forward to listening <laughs> to the podcast. Well, you enjoy that fur burger there. Just make sure you uh, don't get a, a fur caught in your throat. So with that, we're going to be closing out here. Uh, this is Keys and, of course, Chuck Ross uh, for HWA Radio. Come back next week. Uh, we try to have our podcast on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Uh, so just make sure you subscribe. And uh, this is the Anal Network reminding you to always wear a condom. It's anchor.fm uh, anchor slash HWA Rules. We'll see you next week. <laughs>